Hello, and welcome to today's episode of ITOA Today, where each week we highlight key industry trends impacting the IT industry. Today, I am joined by Alan Jeanritz, Solution Architect at Blue Medora, to discuss the future of the hybrid cloud. Alan, welcome to ITOA Today. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. We're happy to have you here. I'll just jump right into the questions that we have for Alan today. For one, Alan, tell me how you would define the hybrid cloud environment. Well, Laura, uh, in short, I would say the hybrid cloud is a mixture of your on-premise compute environment and public cloud uh, that you mix into it. Now, the the detail of that is that um, we have to go back a bit to understand it fully. Um, Like 10 years ago, everybody was all over virtualization. Uh, People were... Um, putting servers into VMware environments uh, to abstract the servers and actually to commoditize the service because the the driving force behind this is commoditization, uh, consolidation. Now, cloud computing is taking that a step further and running all those virtual machines and services not on-premise in your computing environment, but at the service provider. And like then, a few years ago, everybody was making the analogy of uh, the electricity that comes out of the wall. It's a service that you pay for on a monthly basis, uh, and you get a service, namely electricity from the wall. And it's the same with cloud computing, with various forms, being it infrastructure as a service or software as a service, like Office uh, 365 or Google Apps, it doesn't matter, comes out of the wall with a subscription service. Now, um, just as we could now take the analogy further and with electricity, some people have like solar cells on their roofs uh, to to make electricity local and they mix the, the small bit that they do locally with what they get from an electricity company. And in the same sense, a hybrid cloud is you still have computing services locally, but there are some services that you get through the internet through a network connection from a service provider that you pay, pay usually on a monthly basis, uh, uh, on, on a pay-per-use basis. Excellent. Um, so I know you touched on this a little bit, but you know, what are the biggest drivers that you're seeing that are contributing to the creation of this environment? Well, Laura, uh, that's a good question. Um, of course, the drivers, we must look at why would people want these public cloud services? Why would people look outside uh, to get services? Well, uh, there, it's, uh, there are drivers of fina- financial drivers. There are uh, complexity drivers so um, uh, and agility. Uh, for example, in uh, even if you have a virtualized environment, if you're running a, a traditional uh, computing department uh, with applications running, uh, service managed and so on, it uh, takes a while to set up new projects. And we all know that uh, all IT departments nowadays are pressed for time and money. Uh, Everything needs to be delivered uh, faster and faster because everybody's living in this 24-hour economy. And uh, so it happens, and I've seen this happen at customers where For example, a marketing department would say, hey, we need a new customer relationship management system. 
uh, what would it take that in, in time and money? And the IT department does a, a feasibility study and they come back like, well, uh, we can do that in uh, six months because developers are really busy and it costs uh, X amount of money. And then people say like, well, great, but uh, uh, I'll go online with my credit card and uh, I'll just pay per use for a system like uh, Salesforce or, or or another one and have it available today. Um, and that's one driver. So the the new economy, the 24-hour economy, everybody wants to go faster and faster. Also complexity. For some smaller customers and even bigger customers, it becomes more and more complex to run all the systems that you want in-house. Uh, because it's not only about setting up, for example, an email server, but uh, you have um, drivers like, well, the email server needs to be available 24-7, of course. And if there is, a, God forbid, if there is a problem like a fire or a flood or what have you, email still needs to be up. So you need a, a second data center and you need uh, some form of... Uh, um, fault tolerance between them, that's, that, that becomes very complex. And so people, uh, you see even bigger companies move services like email to uh, online cloud environments because then their employees can access them wherever they are in the world and they don't need to worry about setting up redundant data centers and so forth. So it's about complexity also. And it's about, uh, well, speed, as I said, um, uh, elasticity, uh, people run websites, but uh, they suddenly have a, a big marketing action. Uh, uh, I remember from my experience, actually, a zoo uh, here locally, and uh, a little elephant was going to be born. So they decided to put up uh, a webcam uh, to see uh, when the happy event was going to happen, and their website exploded. So the only way they had to to keep it online and to move quickly was to to have elasticity to a cloud system to 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 have more connections per minute on their website so those are the drivers but why uh, the hybrid cloud then well well keep in mind uh, a few years ago and still now um everybody would say like well uh, move everything to the cloud uh, you, you don't need anything locally put everything in a public cloud and we'll come back to that at the end. I certainly think that in a few years' time, that might be the case for, for most people. But at the moment, it's a win-win situation to keep both, like uh, move a CRN system to the cloud, some newer applications, uh, maybe something very complex that you cannot manage locally, but, but keep some things on-premise, like uh, per, perhaps your file serving, or older applications that cannot be moved to the cloud quickly, and then you end up with this hybrid model. Definitely, I think you nailed it right on the head with the you know twenty four seven economy. That's definitely something that seems to be driving organizations today as they need to work faster and quicker just to meet the demands and not take a break from it. Um, so, with that being said, how do you see all of this impacting the IT stack overall? Well. There is a big impact because uh, keep in mind uh, or we should remind people always that IT is always about your customer, about the end user. And the interesting thing is that, uh, as you said, we're, uh, the 24-hour economy is very much on everybody's uh, 
uh, view today, but it's also about uh, what we call the, 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 the smartphone generation, the iPhone generation. And what do I mean by that? Well, your end user becomes more and more savvy, but uh, uh, the speed needs to increase the whole time. And these people are used to um, installing new apps by clicking on them in an app store. Um, there, are, there are enough jokes uh, with old people like me uh, when uh, when youngsters see, see us uh, grab a, a stack of uh, CD-ROMs to install software or heaven forbid floppies, they'll say, what are you doing now? And you say, well, installing software. They don't know what that is anymore. Um, they just click uh, on, on an icon in an app store and they expect the application to be, boom, instantly available. So that's one of the impacts. Even uh, in a hybrid cloud, you need some form of, um, technically speaking, service catalogs where your users uh, can select the services they need without knowing if it's on-prem or in the cloud, but where, where the IT departments have full uh, control over all the actions. Uh, another impact is on management, of course. Uh, you need to adapt your management platforms, and I'm talking operational management um, uh, mostly. You need to adapt them to manage everything in this hybrid cloud, on-prem and off-prem. And uh, of course, at Blue Medora, we're very well um, positioned to do that. We, uh, with uh, products like uh, VMware's vRealize operations, we have management packs to, for example, manage your Oracle databases uh, on-site and on Amazon RDS in the same product, even in the same dashboard. So uh, management becomes in, uh, very important, but security, security in the sense of um, uh, you need uh, uh, more complex access control. Um, people are going to access compute resources on the internet. You need to think about security and there is a high impact there. Um, uh, also, uh, regulations, um, you need to keep in mind regulations like uh, Sorbanes-Oxley in the States or uh, HIPAA, Health Industry Professional Association worldwide, where there are restrictions, governments who cannot uh, uh, legally store data in other countries, uh, and of course, uh, service level agreements, SLAs, if you use these mixed services, well, if, uh, if you had everything on site before, you can manage your SLAs maybe with the service provider. Uh, that becomes a bit harder when, when you mix in cloud services because uh, uh, you need to agree on SLAs with those people. Definitely, yeah. Those are some of the key things that I've been hearing in the industry as well from a lot of our customers is security and regulations as well as the SLAs. They, they automatically rise to the top as the key issues that they're facing from a, a macroeconomic standpoint. Um, but if you look at it from in, an internal perspective or even more externally as well, um, what are some of the challenges that organizations are facing from using the, the hybrid cloud model? Well, and uh, it's uh, uh, what some of the issues they have are um, for the IT departments, uh, keeping control of the whole process. Uh, a few years ago, um, I heard a lot of examples of companies that had like thousands of dollars charged to credit cards uh, each month uh, in the company for people just going out for, for cloud services. Um, more and more that needs to 
to be regulated by IT departments. You need some form of control there. Um, uh, also, the challenges uh, as set of uh, uh, security and uh, getting people uh, a seamless, um, transparent access to, to everything in the network, being it on-prem or off-prem. My, my favorite example is always, uh, I'm a Trekkie, of course, a big Star Trek fan, and my example is always in the Star Trek Federation when Captain uh, Kirk um, uh, says, uh, hello, computer. He doesn't care where that, where that computer is, if it's on the Enterprise or on another planet, or even if it's a Vulcan computer, they can talk to each other. He doesn't care. He cares about the result. And more and more, it's like that with your users in the hybrid cloud. People care about getting the services quickly that they want in a seamless way. Definitely. I think that's a great point. So, you know, given all that we've chatted about uh, throughout today's session, how do you see the hybrid cloud model transforming even more in the future? Well, uh, as I said before, Laura, I think that the hybrid model uh, at the moment is our, our present day um, technological development. It's where we are today uh, from 10 years ago where we only had virtual service uh, on-prem. Um, some services now move to the cloud. Uh, I think in a few years' time, I think most people agree, for most customers, it's going to be public cloud only. And uh, this is uh, maybe not even a, a technological development. Uh, it is for a part, but it, it, it's more a development of the big players getting uh, better and better at doing the, the SLAs. Uh, the price competition between them driving the prices down uh, so that, uh, again, the commodization starts uh, taking place here uh, and people can move with a, with a, oh, shoot, you can edit that out. Oh, no worries. <laughs> I was on the point of saying something in Dutch. Hang on. So, um, uh, People can uh, rest assured that they can move their computing services to the cloud in a secure way, meeting their SLAs uh, and, and with the cheapest possible uh, operational expenses. Um, maybe some big players uh, will stay with on-prem, um, like big banks, uh, mostly thinking big banks of very big industry, and they might even uh, serve as a service point uh, to others. Uh, uh, this will happen as we also commoditize the cloud more and we start having standardized options also to move your workloads between clouds so that you don't have like a lock-in when you uh, select a certain vendor, but uh, that you can more freely uh, move your workloads around. There are some technologies that are very promising for that. Um, I think uh, OpenStack, um, is not living up to the hype today, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but I think uh, containers um, are uh, already uh, taking a lot of the market uh, with newer applications. As newer applications come in with uh, uh, containers for DevOps, where people do not create traditional applications anymore, but people are going to assemble uh, applications by assembling certain services uh, that are provided somewhere through APIs so that it, it doesn't take you three months to develop an application 
and reinvent code that was written before. No, you, you just use standardized APIs that are available internally, but more and more externally. Look at services like uh, uh, Amazon's Alexa uh, or, or even Lambda. That's where we're going uh, uh, in the future. So more and more, I think uh, we're moving to public cloud from a hybrid cloud model. Definitely. And I'm sure, you know, the 24-7 economy is, is going to continue to push that forward. Oh, yes, more and more. Um, um, as people need to develop uh, applications faster, look at the banks today. That all the banks compete with uh, the smartphone apps that they have. They can't afford anymore in that 24 economy and that very young economy, as we said before, to, to, to go uh, through a release cycle uh, every year. It's like every time a new feature is requested, it needs to be added as fast as possible. If a bug is found, it needs to be solved to tomorrow. And they can only do that using DevOps technologies uh, and using things like uh, uh, services, APIs, and containers to move more quickly. Definitely. Well, with that, that actually wraps up the questions that we have for Alon today. So I hope that you are able to glean some insights and some useful information that you can take back to your everyday uh, in the IT industry. Thank you so much, Alon, for your time. And thank you, everybody, for attending. We look forward to seeing you next time.